Welcome, everybody. This is Paul with the Discovery It Podcast. This week, we've got uh, Ray as the uh, speaker. He's going to be talking about complex trauma. Ray, do you want to go ahead and uh, take the phone? Yeah, so complex trauma is something I've been looking at the past couple of days. Um, some feelings that I've dealt with for a while and then feeling uh, uh, the urge to, to really look at them closer and get to the bottom of them led me to this video that Paul sent on complex trauma. Now, complex trauma is compared to PTSD, uh, whereas people have PTSD typically from a specific event that occurred in their life that they developed uh, negative emotions or reactions to and patterns that affect them over time. Well, complex trauma is a similar effect. It's just that it happens over a period of time and from very various different uh, stimuluses. So complex trauma tends to be repeated and chronic in the effects that it has on uh, a person, and it's usually during the developmental phase of a child's life. So repeated and chronic factors on the development of a child that affect them in ways often unresolved, un you know, the child hasn't gotten to the bottom of it, carries it into their adult life, and, and then it affects their behaviors in their adult life. Complex trauma tends to cause insecure and disorganized uh, attachments when, when building relationships. A lot of this comes from the fact that these instances that happen during the development of the child's life they're never able to regain emotional equilibrium after those those events. So what tends to cause this is these events over time that go unresolved, the child typically is not equipped to process those sorts of emotions and to look at the situation rationally, realistically, and it tends to develop beliefs in that child about themselves and about the world that undoubtedly and quite understandably affect the rest of their life. It affects their behaviors, it affects the way that they look at the world. A big issue when trying to rebuild your life or to try to set goals and to move towards those goals is that most energy when somebody is dealing with complex trauma is directed towards coping mechanisms, dealing with the emotions that come with that. Lots of those emotions are uh, anxiety, depression, sadness, anger. These things stemming from unresolved traumas, unresolved issues, things that that child wasn't able to process properly and carry into their adult life it takes a lot of energy to deal with that. Just like a lot of people don't know just how much energy it takes to de- for the body to digest food. So things that go on in the back of our mind or behind the scenes can often use up a lot of, the, a lot of our energy 
leaving us with less energy to use towards constructive tasks. So no wonder we're often so distracted or find a hard time focusing and investing a significant amount of energy towards a task that we often would say is best for us or something that we want to accomplish. Also, I'm discovering that those distractions often are we're very susceptible to and vulnerable to because somewhere deep down inside, we've developed unhealthy self-images from this complex trauma. So to go down the list of, of that and other things impacted by complex trauma, one is the ability to regulate emotions and impulses. So we, we struggle, and, and that goes back to that energy that we're always trying to figure out the destructive emotions that we're feeling, the impulsive behaviors leading to self-destruction. And not able to deal with that properly is a huge result of complex trauma on a, a child's life. Ability to focus attention. Um, this comes from when we deal with abuse and we deal with the trauma in young ages, we often escape what we can't control in that physical moment by retreating into the mind. So they say a lot of children of sexual abuse specifically will go to places in their mind in order to escape that physical reality. And over time, that develops a habit of drawing inward and escaping from what we're dealing with in front of us. That affects a lot of people in work and dealing with conflict and navigating and managing relationships where when the physical moment it seems to be challenging or uncomfortable for us, it's natural and habitual for us to retreat inward to some place in the mind. Another is memory due to uh, the mind's ability to mask and hide certain memories that bring us discomfort and pain. So a lot of people affected by complex trauma have gaps in their childhood where the, the memory is either completely absent or out of order or, you know, skewed to some effect. The sense of self is a major thing that's impacted when over time, so the, this comes from a child's, uh, when developing identity, it comes down to two things. We're asking the question, you know, when we come into this world and as we grow, do I have value and how? Where does my value come from? The second question pertaining to develop a personal identity and self-image is, am I lovable? Am I worthy of love? Do people around me love me? And that develops a, child, a child's perception on if they, in fact, are lovable. So as that sense of self develops when going through complex trauma, you have things like victim mentality. One of the very, very uh, uh, powerful feelings and emotions that control our behaviors is shame when going through those, those types of experiences and guilt. So 
the sense of self is greatly impacted when having gone through complex trauma and not being able to resolve those those emotions, those thoughts. Four is uh, a perception of the abuser. Perception of the abuser can greatly distort a child's perception of reality uh, as they tend to sometimes develop an affection or, or a, um, you know, are drawn in some way to the abuser. They say that abusers and uh, betrayal often come from people that are trusted, so parents, guardians, close relatives, and, and that develops in a child uh, a feeling that no one can be trusted. You know, if the only people that they thought they could, they could trust as a child well, they were not able to, it develops that uh, lack of trust in, in that child. And the perception of the abuser can become distorted. It can, it can haunt that child into their adulthood, you know, where they're constantly um, bombarded with thoughts, memories, uh, and images of the abuse and of the abuser. And that can greatly uh, affect the child's development as well. Another is, uh, again, the trust, intimacy, uh, no vision of a, of a normal relationship. So when ch- children grow up in that environment, it it makes it very hard for them to develop a, a, what an, a, an understanding or a, a vision of what a normal relationship would look like. So it's hard for them to then pursue, even if they've been exposed to something uh, negative, harder for them to pursue something more positive because they, they have very little understanding of what that looks like. And that comes from the experiences that they're conditioned by. And often, even if the, the thing or the ideal is present to them, they're not able to recognize it. So they really develop their understanding of the world, of people, of relationships through those experiences. And that greatly affects how they're able to navigate and, and build intimate or healthy relationships in the future. They just have no blueprint. They have no standard to go by. Often they have the opposite. They've learned uh, that, you know, maybe loving someone or showing you care means getting so angry that you uh, that you hurt them or hit them, you know, because if you didn't care, you wouldn't even be there. But, you know, you care so much that, you know, they drive you to anger and sometimes you act out in anger. So these things can greatly affect a child's uh, ability to see and understand what healthy relationships look like. Others are uh, just affect the way that they affect the physiology, the physical body, the, the mind leading to sleep issues, anxieties, immune disorders. So many different studies have shown that a lot of the diseases we develop come from at the root some sort of mental disorder that we're having, some sort of trauma, something that's affecting the way we think and the way we feel that eventually manifests itself in physical disorders. And last one is uh, it, it impacts what things mean to uh, to that person, 
often lead to uh, feelings of despair and help, uh, hopelessness because growing up in that sort of environment, things lose their meaning, you know, to what it means to, uh, to strive for something, what it means to accomplish, what it means to become uh, responsible and to reap rewards from hard work, things like that. So it, it, and that's another reason why Paul goes through the word technology a lot, breaking down definitions, because going through that trauma, so many different words can become imbued with the wrong or misleading meanings. And we all know that words affect our perception of reality and how we understand and use words affect what we're able to see and to take from what's around us and what we're interacting with on a daily basis. So three things, and they're very simple when it comes to the recovery it, it, it all involves a reversal of the dynamics of trauma. So the things that affected us, that conditioning that we received, we have to reverse that. And in order to do that, three things are important. One is talking. So expressing, and that's often what we struggle with the most, um, I, I, myself included, I surprised myself over time the way that I would use denial or that I would avoid certain conversations or I would be reluctant to explain it or use certain words. That shows just how much these negative emotions are still tied into our uh, way of thinking and way of being and, and holding us back. So one big tool to move through that is, is just talking, sharing those feelings with someone being able to get them out, to let them go, to release that energy that that we have pent up, that has been uh, brewing for so long but never quite addressed. The next one is tears, and I believe that's important because it's really getting in touch with the emotion. And a lot of what we struggle with is uh, the pent up feeling, the, the unresolved emotions that we dealt with so long, but never quite knew we were even dealing with, you know, beneath the surface, it's this turmoil that we're, we're avoiding, but we're often blaming on external uh, events and don't know that we're actually carrying that emotion. And it's often from some past unresolved trauma. And it's interesting. That's just how life works, that we can go through something. And if we don't, allow it to fully run its course, it's going to stay with us. So talking, tears, meaning to allow that emotion to, to be free, to come out, to be expressed, to, to speak your truth, to express what you're feeling, what you went through, what it meant, and to allow yourself to feel the emotion and to accept that, that it was a part of your experience. It's really about embracing and owning it so that you can release it and move and move on. Um, I've noticed in my own life that uh, many things I've gone through, I would be in denial, and I would always explain it as, "Oh, that you know, it wasn't that big big of a deal to me um, because I was used to it. You know, I got used to it. I learned to not care. Uh, I developed a 
you know, coping mechanisms to where it didn't affect, it didn't destroy me, you know? Um, and I, and I'm, I'm developing a perception of myself as someone who is strong enough to overcome those things and to not be affected, uh, you know, to the extent that they don't even bother me that much. You know, I know that maybe some other people, they may have them all been out of shape and struggling to survive. But for me, I don't even think much of it. You know, like when my dad would uh, come and go as it was convenient for him, I always look back like, hey, I don't really, I didn't really care. You know, I, I didn't, I may not have wanted him there in the first place. He was more strict. He was uh, less understanding. So, hey, when he left, it didn't bother me so much. But completely not able to see how much it did affect me, you know, in ways that I wasn't even strong enough to admit. I didn't want to feel vulnerable or weak enough to admit and verbalize these things, but not realizing that by not doing so, it keeps its hold on our life in so many ways uh, that it affects our behaviors, our thoughts, our decisions, whether we're setting healthy goals for ourselves, whether we're accomplishing or pursuing those goals. So many things revolve around simply holding on to unresolved emotions, unresolved energies at the core and not allowing ourselves to release them for whatever reason. And then the third thing is time. So obviously with going through that process of releasing those emotions, releasing what you felt, what you went through, um, being able to share it, to own it, to accept it, that that's something that happened to you, but that's not who you are. The more you talk, the more you express, the more you allow yourself to feel it, and the more time that passes by, you can re- you can reverse the effects that it's had. Um, and anyone, any one of us that has experienced it, we know that the most, uh, the area that affects us the most is, is shame. And that's something that I felt for a long time and didn't even know that that's what it was, you know, or, or wasn't willing to even look at it long enough or to admit that I felt shame. You know, I just felt shame for who I was, for not being better. Some of it could have been, you know, why wasn't I good enough or important enough for my dad to even care to call when he left? That's something that as a man, we don't want to break down and admit that, you know, we don't want to uh, sound weak by saying something like that. But in fact, it's true. Even if on a subconscious level, it affects us as a child, it's not normal for one of the only people we look up to, to come and go and to have no care for you, who, where you, you know, where you are, your well-being, you know, things like that. So to deny that effect, we we remain imprisoned by those effects. And so I, I learned, as you can tell, a great deal going through this and just looking forward to continuing to, to go down this process because there are things that have, even though I've accomplished so much on the external, I've been going through a phase lately where it, it, you know, it's hard to even appreciate any of the things. And it makes it even harder knowing that, in, in, in fact, there's not much that I can complain about in my life. The way that the things that I've accomplished, where I've gotten myself, I have very, very little complaints. There's not much that I want that I don't know, one, I can either achieve 
uh, or that I don't already have, and yet still find myself feeling these these uh, intense emotions of uh, anxiety or depression, discontent, just general unhappy with life, with how I feel in my body, um, and it's it's all pointing back to shame, just being unhappy with ourselves uh, to the extent of even hating ourselves, you know. It, and I was having a conversation with friends the other day and was thinking about that, you know. Why do we know so often what we should be doing, but yet we don't do it? And I, I'm, you know, thinking why else unless we don't truly, we may say we do, we may put up all these fronts. Oh, yeah, I'm a hot shot. I'm good at this. Or look how good I'm at, I am at my job. But deep down inside, we don't have a true, genuine connection with who we are. We're not in love with who we are. We're not grateful to have another opportunity to wake up and to, to be and to do, you know, and to live and to love and to, to share. Uh, otherwise, we would be living for our best selves every day you know it would it would wouldn't be so so difficult um and it just points back to the same the complex trauma that we go through uh as a as children you know and we all know that the society contributes to a lot of it but to not look at those things and address them we we uh sentence ourselves to continue to repeat the same cycles. And as hard as it is, we are the only ones that can do it. We're the only ones that can get serious about these things. We're the only ones that can put in the effort because even knowing is, is either half or even less of the battle. It takes the actual work in the, in the time. So. Thank you very much. Right. Uh, let me let me ask you one thing. You know, we all uh, have a tendency to go through complex trauma at an early age in our life or at any time in our life, depending upon the events that happen to us that create that trauma so much. And as you said, shame has a, a large part of it creating that complex trauma. Throughout your life, you had a lot of successes, especially in the past 10 years. What got you to the point where you realized that you had this complex trauma and you started doing something about it? I'd, I'd say the past couple months, uh, I, I just become more aware of a feeling that I've always had. I've always uh, address the feeling or I would make comment on it in the past. I would say, even when I had very little uh, compared to what I've accomplished, I would always picture myself, you know, growing and accomplishing things, maybe becoming famous, you know, world known music producer and things like that. And would imagine that I would still be unhappy. And I think that's because even then I knew what was going on inside of me. I felt it. And if I was to project myself into the future, I would, I would imagine myself accomplishing these things that I knew I could. Also deep down in my gut, you know, intuitively knew that the feelings I had then 
would still remain. They would that they would follow me throughout whatever accomplishments. Um, but only recently had I been, and I think maybe pursuing different maybe relationships, different goals, I was thinking that I could solve that feeling. I could get to the bottom of what that is and that I could uh, just, just uh, you know, move on from it, that I could leave it in the past after so many accomplishments, you know, so many things externally, if I could get under control, then that would be the solution to, you know, banishing that, that part of my life. So many things have just come to fruition that it left me no other uh, place to look but within for that, for the source of that, that feeling. And uh, that, that's been a, a lot of what it, it it ha- what it's been, you know, the past year or so, you know, to have saved the amount of money I saved, to have purchased a home, to just recently moved into another home, you know, one that finally my kids have all the space they need, their own rooms, I have a good job, and, and you know, the list goes on and on. Things that I thought I would never be able to accomplish, uh, I've accomplished and it's become old news now, you know, that it's almost like if I'm, if I'm to tell myself, like one thing I told myself, well, I'll take you all the way back to the beginning. All I've ever wanted was to have a decent job that I knew could pay my bills comfortably. And I wouldn't have to worry about where the next meal was coming from or if I could pay my rent. So I knew that I would have a safe place to live. I would have food, but the rest was just, you know, for fun and, and could be figured out along the way. So clearly I was living from a state of survival, a survival mode, whereas the only thing that I wanted in life and I felt that if I had everything else would be okay was uh, a, a decent paying job. You know, I've always had in my mind 40000 a year. I wanted to be like the, the middle class, you know, the, the family, they got a house, two-income household, and not more than forty, fifty thousand a year, but they're driving nice cars and they're getting their uh, new yeah, fence built in the backyard and, and these sorts of things. I felt as if I was living a broken life. You know, I had criminal record. I couldn't get a, a decent job. To me, those things were would were the the epitome. You know, they were the height of of my life from that point, that if I had gotten there, I felt everything would have, would have been okay. And I've so far exceeded those things. uh, They told me fortunate to realize, and and I've added new things after that, you know? So, okay, I got a decent paying job. What if I got a really good paying job? What if I got a secure job? You know, something that I I was to develop a skill or something that would make me more valuable. If it wasn't for that job, I could go to any job. What if I was to develop multiple streams of income? What if I was to get, you know, all my rights restored? What if I was to get my my right to bear arms restored and get my concealed carry license? What if this and that and the third? You know, what if I was to buy my own home? What if I was to save up all this money? It's almost like I'm running out of things, you know, to, to add to that list that if only I accomplished, everything would be okay. 
And I'm realizing that in truth, what needs to be accomplished is that guilt, that shame that I've carried for so long that even the physical tension, you know, that uh, I deal with sometimes social anxiety, just being around people, interacting. Sometimes I'd rather be anywhere else, and and I'm just not comfortable uh, at times, you know, in situations like that. But going through this process and realizing it's, it's just shame it's complex it's trauma it's feeling as if uh if if these people really knew who i was they would they would hate me you know the 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 gig would be up you know and i'd I'd be recognized for the the low life the, the you know piece of scum of the earth that i am that shame that i carry because of what has happened in my past those things those things need to be conquered in order to unleash the, the rest of, you know, my evolution, you know, the, to continue to grow. It's not, it's not for me to accomplish even more things at this point. It's for me to get to the bottom of that feeling to where I can find peace and happiness in myself, you know, just in my own body and who I am and to be, and to love myself and to value myself and to learn to make the decisions that reflect that because a lot of times the decisions we make, there's no way we can be honest and say, and say we love ourselves based on that decision. The, the things we do, we don't love ourselves. We're, we're at odds with ourselves. We don't like ourselves. We don't think we deserve the best. That's why we don't give ourselves the best. You know, so I believe that that, when we're going through that, which a lot of us who are going through this process are, that's something very important that eventually, if not immediately, you've got to get to the bottom of. Thank you, Ray. You know, just like myself, uh, half of my life I went through complex trauma and didn't even realize what it was and the fact that it was based in shame and throughout my whole life, even at an early age, I was acquiring it and didn't even know. And that's what it does. It makes us become our own worst enemy and try to camouflage these areas of our internal thoughts to the point where, you know, it's a secret to us. You know, once we know and we get to a certain point in life that we certainly lose hope and once we discover what this complex trauma is and why shame is so much based on it, uh, our life changes. We, we begin to see hope, not about ourselves, but about the world around us. That's why it's so important to be on a journey of self-discovery constantly, to understand yourself and understand, you know, things in life about this journey to bring out those secrets and, uh, you know, be able to go on and become the person, you know, our creator created us to be. I want to thank you for the presentation. It was a fantastic presentation this evening. Emily. Yes? You're on, we, uh, the question uh, I asked earlier, uh, do you realize that you have been suffering from complex trauma based upon your past program conditioning? 
that might be something I have to uh, understand a little bit better because um, I don't I, I don't know what shame I I've, I guess I, I feel or think uh, I think um, a lot of stuff I just touch very very little on the surface I don't go down deep into stuff because um i know for a fact that i've repressed a lot of stuff and i i feel like i'd rather keep it that way i, I don't want to open up right well you you've you've just started on the journey of self-discovery you know the yeah. more that you know the more that you uh on the journey the deeper we can get into that internal thoughts and uh look at shame, look at guilt, and look at uh, what complex trauma really is in your life and in other people's lives, too. Sound good? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, fantastic presentation, and uh, I'm sure that we'll get some uh, callbacks on, on the uh, presentation you did tonight. Like I said, thanks a lot again, and look forward for everybody being on call next Thursday night, 7.30 at 515-604-9530. Have a good 4th of July. We'll see you.